Holy Spirit did through worship was prepare you for, I don't know if Jesse was reading my sermon notes or what, but uh, um, I didn't even tell him anything, but the Holy Spirit was already kind of uh, preparing our hearts for what's, for what's to come, amen? Um, are you expecting from God tonight? Amen? Um, I know that uh, the other day we were saying hashtag no expectations, but um, that doesn't mean we don't expect. It just means we don't put God in the box, but we are expecting from him. Amen? Something is going to happen tonight. Something is going to be poured into us tonight, and I believe that. If I get fast and loud, I'm sorry. I'm just uh, very passionate about this gospel. I'm very passionate about the message that God has given me. And um, it's transformed my life, and I want it to keep transforming. The Bible says to renew our mind, right? And I want my mind to keep being renewed. I want to know God more intimately and more closer every single day. And, of course, we have days where things try to get in the way of our relationship, but we have to keep pressing forward. Amen? All right. So, uh, amen? All right, first, tell your neighbor, wake up. Tell them, wake up, please. Despiertate. Wake up. Good morning. Good morning. Wake up. Um, it's okay. I'm not going to go long. I'm not going to go to midnight like some other people. No names. No names. No shots. No shots. Um, if you weren't here on Friday night, yes, we did leave around midnight. Um, but it was a blessing. Amen. Give God a hand for Kevin for, uh, for the word that he released. And... Uh, uh, also, this afternoon, my wife preached an amazing message. Give God a hand for that. And God has just been doing amazing things, um, and, and I, I know he, he's not done with us yet. So, uh, let's open our Bibles to the book of Ezekiel, chapter 37. Very famous book, chapter... Can you catch my watch? It's bugging me. A good catch. Yeah, it's my wife. Um, Ezekiel 37. When you have it, please give me a loud amen. 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 This mic, we got a new microphone. That's why it sounds louder. Um, but, yeah, especially for you guys up in the front. Sorry. And then, yeah, it feels really, I, hopefully, I, yeah. All right, so, yeah, um, Ezekiel chapter 37, are you there? We're going to read from 1 through, let's read from 1 to 10 for now. It says, the hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley, and it was full of bones. Then he caused me to pass by them all around, and behold, there were very Many in the open valley, and indeed they were very dry. And he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? So I answered, Oh Lord God, you know. Again he said to me, Prophesy to these bones and say to them, O oh, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, Surely I will cause breath to enter into you, and you shall live. I will put, I will put sinews on you and bring flesh upon you, cover you with skin and put breath in you, and you shall live. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. 
So what did Ezekiel do? So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a noise and suddenly a rattling. And the bones came together, bone to bone. Indeed, as I looked, the sinews and the flesh came upon them. And the skin covered them over, but there was no breath in them. Also, he said to me, prophesy to the breath. Somebody say, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, Thus says the Lord God, Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on the slain that they may live. So what did he do? So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath came into them, and they lived and stood upon their feet, an exceedingly great army. Praise God. Let's go home. Amen. <laughs> Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your glory. We know, Father, that you are here, Holy Spirit. Use, Lord, me as your vessel, God, my words. Lord, let it be your words, God. And I thank you for everyone that's here. I bless them. I ask that you open the hearts, that you remove any obstacle from their mind, God, that we receive your word with a clear and open heart, God. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. All right, let me drink some water. So, what a tremendous passage, and I'm sure some of you have read this before, and people have written worship songs about this, and uh, this is a, a passage that's very popular to talk about in church, and and I thought, hey, if it's popular, no, God led me to this, you know, he, he spoke to me about this specific chapter in the Bible um, as he led me to prepare for this night. When this passage was laid out, it was in a time of Israel where there, there was uh, turmoil and there was things that were happening that were oppressing Israel. The empire of Babylon had taken over the lands of Israel and they ruled over and oppressed the people of God at that time. And so what, had, what was happening is that the people were being oppressed and they were being told what to do and how to live and, and, and where to go. And, you know, when somebody or something is oppressing you, meaning they have control over you, they have this, this, this power over you for a certain amount of time, whatever it may be. And so the Israelites are suffering over the oppression of Babylon. Now, what Babylon would do is they would allow the Israelites to live, for, for example, in Jerusalem. But what would happen is that in, in Israel, in Jerusalem, they would start these rebellions. And, and they would start to try to go against the people of Babylon and their armies. And they would call that a rebellion because they were rebelling, obviously, against Babylon. And so what they would do... Uh, the Babylonians is they would send them outside of Jerusalem and send them to the city of Babylon. And it was known, historically, it was known that once you left to Babylon, you would lose your identity. Amen? So there was three things that represented, uh, you know, the people of God. It was their temple, it was their families, and, you know, the people around, and their kingdom. And when they were sent to Babylon, uh, they would lose themselves and lose their identity and lose who they were. Amen. Ezekiel was one of these people that were deported to Babylon. <laughs> 
He was one of the people that caused some rebellion in Jerusalem and was sent to, uh, to Babylon. And uh, God calls him to be a prophet while he's in Babylon. Now, I don't know about you, but that's powerful. That's powerful because in the midst of darkness and the midst of oppression is where God can move the greatest. You see, it was a time of darkness for the people of Israel, including for this man, Ezekiel. But God calls him to be a prophet for the people while he's captive in Babylon. And they were lost. Amen? They were lost, the people of Israel. Or at least they felt that way. Therefore, God sends a vision to this prophet from a condition that the people were in. So let's read it again and see what it says. A terrible condition that they were in from the top. The hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley, and it was full of bones. Then he caused me to pass by them all around, and behold, there were very many in the open valley, and indeed, they were very, very dry. The condition of dry bones, the condition of a valley of dry bones is hopelessness, is comfortableness. Without knowing or noticing, sometimes we can get really comfortable. Am I talking to somebody tonight? Some, sometimes we can go through what I call the spiritual motions, you know. The same Bible, the same preacher, the same worship song, the same chair that I sit on every service. We can get really comfortable. And all of a sudden, we find ourselves doing all these spiritual things, but really without substance because we've gotten really comfortable. And then all of a sudden, we start feeling a little bit dry. Am I talking to somebody? Is it just me, maybe? Maybe I'm the only one that goes through that stuff. I'm a sinner. No, I'm not. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a child of God. But sometimes this comfortableness, this, this thing that, that comes over us can get overwhelming, and all of a sudden we feel like it's just, what am I doing? What's happening in my spiritual life? I need something. Something's, something's up. Hope is lost. You know, in the Bible, we read in the verse 14, I won't, I won't go to it, but it says uh, that this is what the Israelites would say. Our bones are dry. Listen to this. It's not talking about dead people. It's saying our bones are dry. This is them talking in verse 14. Our hope is lost and we are cut off. Amen. There are three things that happen sometimes to, to, to people of God. They feel like they're dry, like bones. Sometimes their hope gets lost. Have you ever been there? I have. And sometimes you feel like you've been cut off. But let me tell you something. Those are feelings. They're not realities. Now, feelings can be very powerful, right? They can almost feel like they are real. But I'm here to tell you by the Spirit of God that those feelings are just feelings. And the reality is that you are not dry. The reality is that you are not hopeless. The reality is that God is not going to cut you off. 
As a matter of fact, God promises you that you and your family shall be saved. So he won't cut you off. Jesus said it to his disciples. Those that the Father has given me are in my hand and no one and nothing will ever snatch them from my hand because God the Father has given them to me and they belong to me. But the Israelites in this moment, are, they're feeling dry. They're feeling like their hope is lost, like they've been cut off. Dry bones is like getting that comfortableness, that going through the motions feeling. The, the hope lost is like a sick heart that you don't know if there's a light at the end of the tunnel, that cutting off feeling feels like there's no future, like there's no destiny, like my dreams will never be fulfilled. And these are all lies of the enemy. And we need God to speak to us so that we can see the truth and the reality. So the vision starts there. It starts with these dry bones, and it doesn't say that there was two or three dry bones. It says that there was a whole valley full of dry bones, and there was many of them. A big, vast, I work in the valley, and uh, I don't know where I was. Oh, now I know where I was. My wife, for my birthday, took me to one of the scariest, most romantic, awesome place that I've ever been to. Yeah, praise God for that. It's pretty cool. So we go to this hotel in downtown. And it's uh, called the Bonaventure. I'm sure you've heard about it. And, you know, you live in L.A. all your life, but you don't know that there's actually nice things in L.A. And uh, so, we go, <laughs> so we go to this hotel, and they have a restaurant on the 35th floor. And the, the elevators, they face the outside. Like, there's glass, and you can see all of downtown as you're going up. Now, it would be cool if the elevator was kind of normal and it would just kind of slowly go up. But this elevator, for some reason, they designed it so it could be Magic Mountain as you're going up 35 floors. So it's not going at a good pace, at least for my, uh, uh, you know, my nerves. It, it's going really fast, and, and I, I couldn't even, like, go to the window. I kind of stayed by the door, and I'm filming like, oh, my God. This is scary. <laughs> and we get to the top, and then uh, she says, you know, we're going to go over here, and we're going to just sit in the lounge for a second. And they have this thing called the rotating lounge. And it's a, you know, the hotel is circular, so you sit, and the, and the, the, the lounge rotates very slowly, thank the Lord. Uh, it goes very slowly, and, and Cynthia's like, hey, we're moving right now. And I'm like, no, we're not. The, the building's right there. No, we're moving. All of a sudden, I'm like on the other side of the building, and I'm like, oh, my God, we're moving. So they take us to the place where we eat, and we can see all of L.A., and, and I, I can see the freeway that I take to work, praise the Lord, and I see that it goes up the hill and down into the valley, and I see the vast valley, and I was like, oh, my God, is that what a valley looks like? It looks like a hole. There's a, there's a hill that, it's not even a mountain, it's just a hill that goes up, and then whoosh, a big, vast valley. And can you imagine the vision that Ezekiel is having of these dry bones all over the valley? Like more than one city, two, three. Like in San Fernando Valley, there's like 12 cities. A vast valley of dry bones. I would have said, Lord, please take me out of this vision right now, God. This is scary. 
Have you guys ever seen Lion King when they're going to the graveyard, right, of the elephant graveyard? And they're all, like, scared, and they're all like, wow. I imagine something like that, all these bones just going across the valley. And these bones haven't, they're, they're not recently dead. They're, they haven't died in, like, you know, two or three days. It, they're, these bones are dry and decaying. And that's what Ezekiel sees. If I was Ezekiel, I would have been like, Lord, please get me out of here. Bones, talk about bones a little bit. They represent the innermost part of our human body. So in the Bible, sometimes when, like, for example, in the Psalms, David would say something like, my bones are hurting. You know, he, he didn't really mean like, oh, I'm, you know, have arthritis or something. What he really meant was, I'm hurting inside. Let me read you some of these psalms. It says, my strength fails because of my misery and my bones waste away. My bones are shaking with terror. My bones burn like a furnace. David is saying, from the innermost of my being, I feel in pain. I don't know what he was going through, but he felt pain. Adam, when Eve was created from his bone, he said, this is bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. He was saying, this, is, this, this being, this beautiful Eve is made out of the innermost part of me. And we are one. So bones is not just, uh, not just bones, but what's happening on the inside. We know that valley represents trial and, and tribulation and issues that happen in our life. And so Ezekiel is here. And God is there with him. He's not alone. Ezekiel's there. The dry bones, God. God, Ezekiel, the dry bones. And God as a good father. Amen. We learned that on Friday night. As a good father, he asked him the question of that biblical century. Son of man, can these bones live? Now, I painted you the picture. Hopefully, you're getting it in your heart. Bones everywhere. Dry, old bones everywhere. Son of man, can these bones live? It reminds me of when Jesus was with his disciples, and they come to him. Lord, you know, uh, there's like a million people following us, and they're all hungry. Why don't we send them out so they can go eat? And Jesus turns around and says, why don't you feed them? What? It's like God is saying, here's the issue. You have the solution. He's saying, look, I know what you see is what you see, but what I've placed inside of you is greater than what you see. Therefore, he puts it on you like, hey, I know that what you see is terrible, what you're going through is bad, the situation is horrible, but hey, can these bones live? And you're like, Ezekiel, well, most of us answer like Ezekiel. Well, Lord, only you know. I know that I know, but that's not why I'm asking you. I'm asking you because I want you to know. Amen? Son of man, can these bones live? The valley is basically full of people 
that are hurting on the inside. Feeling as comfortable as dry bones feel in dirt. (laughs) They might not know what they need, but they need something. So God asked him once again, son of man, can these bones live? This is an empowering question. It's sort of like saying, you know the answer to this. You know the answer to this. But back then, Ezekiel, perhaps if they ask us now, we might find it easy to say, yeah, of course, Lord. Because Ezekiel 37, duh, obviously. But back then, there was no Ezekiel 37 because that's obviously Ezekiel that he's talking to. And God is saying, I want to partner up with you. And what's funny is that we sometimes miss it. Again, the people are not dead. They are dry, lost, and without hope. Something that God told me was, we can't get comfortable. We have to keep moving forward. We can't get comfortable with going through the same motions. We need to, we need to keep our prayer life going. We need, to, we need to keep our, our reading of the word going, obviously because we're in love. We need, to, we need to prophesy like we used to. We need to give word of knowledge like, like we can and, and, we, and we did. We need to speak our tongues, you know, like when we can. We're washing the dishes. We're, we're, we're cleaning the room. We need to just be connected with God. We need to go after healing the sick because that's the power that God has placed in us. We can't get comfortable in Babylon anymore. We need to wake up. Amen? Are you with me? We read the story. We know it ends well, but give me a moment here. Grace and love, church. Are you here? Amen? I love you guys. I really do. And uh, I have the privilege to, to be a spiritual father here and a pastor And believe me, I don't take that privilege lightly at all. It's really, really a a huge privilege for me. But it's also a big, big responsibility. Sometimes it's hard for me to to be like a pastor, a spiritual father. Because, like I've said before, when, when I got married, for example, I was called a husband, right? husband and wife but I didn't learn how to be a husband in like a week and I was like Mr. Husband already some of us we're gonna be learning forever to be husbands right Uh, amen husbands all right maybe not it's the same with with pastoring and leading I'm learning but I think there's some things that I need to to tell you from my heart that we can all benefit from amen We can't, this is my heart, and I hope that you, from my heart, you receive it. We can no longer only get hyped and get excited for events, only. Every service is an event. Every service is an opportunity to give word of knowledge, to prophesy, to sing our hearts out, to dance, to every single service. We got to, we got to see the opportunity that God gives us 
to, to be his children all the time, not just at atmosphere, not just as she is. And what happens is we go through these like motions where it's like Sunday, Friday, Sunday, Friday, big event, hypeness, Friday, Sunday, Friday, Sunday. And we need to, to wake up. Maybe it's just me, but we need to wake up. And we need to say, man, every opportunity that God puts in front of me to, to play an instrument, to, to play the guitar, to, to come and worship, I need to take advantage of that opportunity. Remember when we used to show up in the backyard, for those of you that were there, and it would be raining? But we would be expecting, man, who's going to get baptized in the Holy Spirit today? Who's going to get healed today? I know God's going to heal. Who, who is going to come to the service that we didn't expect to come, and we're just going to jump on them and say, hey, you know Jesus? Like, hey, come in. Like, hey, get baptized. Like, hey, come on. Remember how excited we were? And those of you that are new, that excitement is still here. We love you. We love all the people that come to service. But I feel like sometimes we kind of go through these motions. It happens to all of us. It's something that, that happens all the time. But every opportunity that God gives us is an amazing opportunity. We are hungry for God. Amen? We are hungry for God. We're hungry to see revival. We're hungry to hear testimonies about who you spoke to out in the street. We're hungry for all those things. Sometimes, you know, we, we want to call attention to ourselves. And, and as leaders... Me and Cynthia, just putting it out there again, I'm just sharing my heart right now. We, uh, we make mistakes. I don't know if you've noticed. <laughs> we mess up all the time. But I want to say something to you tonight. Because I, like, I feel like, am I in family today? Amen? Are we family? Amen? I want to say, look, I'm sorry. If there has ever been something that either I or Cynthia have done that has made you feel bad or offended you. But I believe that like Paul said, Paul, he said, I water Apollo, I mean, I plant Apollo waters, but the Holy Spirit gives growth. And the Holy Spirit is doing something in this place, and I believe it. Even through the mess-ups, the mistakes, the learning curve and all of the things that are happening God is doing something amazing in this place and he wants to do it through you he doesn't want to do it necessarily through the leaders or through the he wants to do it through you you are important to grace and love church because grace and love church is not Mario's church is not Cynthia's church is God's church it's the church of Jesus Christ and you belong to the church of Jesus Christ all you play an important role. Even if you don't go to this church, you play an important role to the church that you go to. You know, the mistakes that Cynthia and I make, if we don't know them, then we can't own up to them. But when we do know them, we own up to them. And we'll say, ah, oh, man, we messed up. Sorry. Amen? It's better than saying, no, you know what? Uh, you're wrong. I'm right. Even though I messed up, but I'm still right. You're wrong. No, no, we're all growing together. We're a family, amen? So God asked me 
the same question. Son of man, can these bones live? And you know how you talk with God and you're like trying to almost like debate? Well, yes, Lord, but you know, we are alive. And like, you know, you know you're, you're in us and we're alive. What do you mean? Are you... <laughs> Are you willing, and he's like, yes, but are you willing to let my spirit lead you all the time? Of course, Lord. You remember my first sermon, God? Like, uh, uh, if, if, you know what Moses said, if the presence doesn't lead us, God, then we're not going anywhere. Remember, I preached that, Lord. Okay, yeah, but, uh, but I'm asking you for a reason because I, I want to do many things through the body of Christ. That you're leading. And I said, well, then, yeah, I guess, Lord. <laughs> I want to obey you. You see, church, he loves you. Amen. You receive that? He loves you. And, and I love you, too. And, and God wants to see your destiny as a child of God be fulfilled. So Ezekiel, he didn't know what to say. I kind of had a, a debate, but <laughs> Ezekiel didn't know what to say. Oh, Lord God. You know. In other words, I don't know. But you do. So why don't you answer your own question? Because I really don't know. God is challenging. Do you know what to do? Because in other words, he's saying, I think you know what to do. Inside of you, I've placed it inside of you that you know what to do. So the reason that I'm asking you is because deep inside you, I've placed myself in there and I'm asking you, do you know what to do? Deep inside of you, yes, you know what to do. God's response, I love his response. Let's read it in verse 4. This is his response. Again, he said to me, prophesy to these bones. Amen? Prophesy to these bones. Let's read it from 4 to 6. And say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, Surely I will cause breath to enter into you and you shall live. I will put sinews on you and bring flesh upon you, cover you with skin and put breath in you, and you shall live. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. I love God's response that he says, I don't know. And God says, well, then prophesy to the bones. We need to, we need to be able to prophesy to the bones. We need to be able to call people into their destiny. And maybe they're going through a tough time. Maybe they're going through a time that feels dry, that feels like they're going through the motions, like hope is lost, that they've been cut off. But we are here. We've been called to call them into their destiny, to prophesy to them, to say, dry bones, you shall live again. Ezekiel calls to what is hurting, to what is hopeless, to what feels comfortable, to live again. To live again like they used to live. Sometimes in life, we might lose our way. We, we, we might think that God has left or that he's not around, but he's not. He's with you. And sometimes we need a word from somebody that, somebody that prophetically can speak to us and say, no, God is with you. On Friday night, 
you guys didn't meet them. They didn't want me to make a big deal, but a couple pastors were here. Pastor Jody and his wife Vanessa, they were sitting over here, and, and they just wanted to, like, hide. They're like, we just want to go to church. We don't want to, don't, you know, just, we just want to go to church. Okay. Sometimes we just need to hear. We need to hear someone prophesy to us, someone speak word to us. And that's what God was challenging Ezekiel to do, prophesy to these bones. Interestingly enough, God could have done it himself. He could have said, I'm God. I'll make these bones live. I don't need you. But he likes to use us. He enjoys to use us. He created heaven and earth with his words. He could have easily said, okay, well, I'll make the bones live. Check it out. You ready? Observe. This is how you do it. Right? He could have easily have said that, but he said, but he said you do it. You, you speak it. You see how badly he wants to use you? There's a valley of dry, dead bones, and you're standing there with God, and it seems like it's too big for you. And God's like, no, I'm with you. You can do this. Like a good father, like you call it, like you prophesy to these bones. You speak, open your mouth, and I will fill your words. Speak. God is searching for a vessel that is willing to become an instrument in the hands of God that would speak a word and these bones would live again. That's what God is looking for in us. When was the last time that you spoke life into someone that was feeling dry like bones? Or even deeper than that, when was the last time someone did it to you? That's so important. That's why family is so important. Church family is so important. Because sometimes you're just not feeling like, like how you should be, right? And, and you just need someone to speak a word into your life. Verse 7. Let's go to verse 7 and 8. Are you there? So I prophesied as I was commanded, and, I, and as I prophesied, there was a noise, and suddenly a rattling, and the bones came together, bone to bone. Indeed, as I looked, the sinews and the flesh came upon them, and then skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. The Bible says there that there was a noise. What a wonderful noise, amen? Suddenly a rattling, it says. The bones started to move. Woo! There was a noise, there was a rattling, there was some movement going on. It reminds me of worship. Sometimes we come into this place and we're kind of like, oh, I don't know, but all of a sudden there's a noise. All of a sudden there's a rattling. All of a sudden there's commotion. There's something happening. So when I hear in the word that it says there was a sound, there was a, there was a rattling, the move of God was starting, the, the movement of the Holy Spirit, of the word of God was starting to move these bones. Because when God is moving, anything dead comes to life. When God is moving, anything that's sick becomes healed. 
when when God is moving anything dry becomes drenched in the river that flows directly from the throne of grace the people of God have had to be you know woken up in this time and 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 that's why God gave Ezekiel this vision so then it says that bone started coming together with bone I want to kind of sit here for a little bit and look at this bone with bone and bone on top of bone and the body was starting to get formed and what God said is this is unity that he starts to create in the body bone was connecting with bone to create unity amen the people of God had to be united for God to start the movement that he desires we have to be united brothers and sisters amen we have to be united like a family. We can't let, you know, the enemy put divisions and little things here and there and all of this. No, we need to be united because God has spoken the word. So the bones unite with bones. And, the, and then sinews, this is a weird word, right? Sinews, which is like a tough tissue that unites muscle to bone. So there's like a connection that happens from the muscle to the bone. So bone on bone unity. And then this connection, these relationships become connections. And then there's flesh that starts to come over the sinews and the muscles and the bones which means like covering the body so in this move of god why is it important because he creates unity he creates solid connections and finally covering fatherhood motherhood leadership god doesn't move without structure and order amen he didn't put the muscle outside of the flesh that'd be weird amen i mean that'd be weird if the bone imagine my bones outside of my skin like come on <laughs> but god put it in order listen he, he he put it in order he put bone on bone he put the sinews then he put the muscle he put the flesh order structure ezekiel spoke the word god did the work I said, Ezekiel spoke the word, and God did the work. Amen. If we speak it, he will build it. If we speak it, he will build it. Tell your neighbor, if we speak it, he will build it. Amen. He will build it. Not if, listen, not if we strategize really well. Not if we, uh, you know, sing really well. Not if we preach really well, you know. Let's speak the word that God has given full of his amazing grace and love. And we will see this unity, this connection, and this covering happen. <sighs> Praise the Lord. Amen? But there was something that was missing. There was no breath in them. For you see, a move of God without the spirit is merely flesh and bones. Amen? There are a lot of Churches and organizations that are great bodies of structure, but no breath. We can have awesome unity. We can have great solid connections. We can have amazing leadership like yours truly. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Yet without what the Bible in the Hebrew calls the ruach. I love that word. Can you say it with me? Ruach. R-U-A-C-H, Ruach, means spirit. Without the Ruach, 
all of this is just going to go back to the same place, a valley of dry bones. We need ruach. We need spirit. This, this word is used to, def- like, it, it means spirit, wind, and breath. All, 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 all those three things is what this word means. And the cool thing about, that I found out about the book of Ezekiel in this chapter is that he uses all three. So he, in the beginning, he said, the spirit led me to this valley. So the spirit, ruach, same word. And then he says, God tells him, prophesy to the breath, to the ruach, the breath. Then he says, uh, call upon the breath from the winds, from the four winds, from the ruach again. It's like as God is saying, I'm giving you all of me to put in all of you so that you can fulfill your destiny and your calling. Amen. So God is saying, look, flesh and bones, unity and all that, we need that. That's kingdom structure. But we also need heaven reality. We need breath. So let's go to verse 9 and 10 real quick. Also, he said to me, prophesy to the breath. Isn't that weird? I mean, just right off the bat, prophesy to the breath, prophesy to the ruach. But I thought prophecy was uh, foretelling the future, not telling someone or calling someone into doing something. Prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, from the ruach, O breath, O ruach, and breath, ruach, on these slain that they may live. Spirit of God, come. So it's not just enough to prophesy to the bones and say to live again. Because he prophesied the word. The word was released and the bones began to unite and the muscles and the sinews and the flesh. But then he said prophesy to the breath and say come breath and enter into these dead bones and flesh that are together now but need the Holy Spirit. In a move of God, brothers and sisters, is not just to, to, to release the word, but release the word with the Holy Spirit. We need it together. Amen? So, what does he keep saying there? Verse 10. So, I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath came into them. And they lived and stood upon their feet, an exceedingly great army. So what happened when he spoke the word? Bone came onto bone, the sinews, and then the flesh covered it. Amen? So three things, right? Unity, connections, and covering. But three things happened when the breath came into them. Let's read it again. Look, verse 10. Look at these three things. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath came into them. And then what happened after the breath came into them? Three things. They lived, they stood upon their feet, an exceedingly great army. Those are the three things. They lived. You see, living is the nature of God. He is a living being. So everything he creates is living. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. They were alive. They were aware of him who had made them alive. Amen. He told, uh, for example, Jesus Christ told Nicodemus, you know, in order to see the kingdom, you must be born again. In order to enter into the kingdom, you must be born of water and spirit. You know, you need to be alive, basically. 
So they live. The second thing that happens is they stood upon their feet. Feet were made for walking, standing and walking. Amen? Now, spiritually, our feet are the same. They are made for standing on the rock, firm, and for walking forward. That's why our toes are pointed forward. Amen? Be worried if our toes were behind us, but we're forward. They're also standing because something that God has for them, they need to stand firm on. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 11, put on the armor of God so that you will be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. And then the third thing that happens in my favorite, they became an exceedingly great army. We are not ordinary. Exceedingly means to a great extent or extremely. Great means of an extent or ability. In other words, he was saying you are an extremely able army. Amen. An extremely able army. Who are you, Church of Jesus Christ? You are an exceedingly able army. Again, three things happened when he spoke the word, bone to bone, sinews and flesh. Three things happened when he spoke the ruach, the breath. They lived, they stood, and became an exceedingly great army. We got to speak the word, and we have to release the Holy Spirit. That is the movement of God. It works the same way in our life. We belong to God. He has united himself with us. We have built a connection with him because we have the Holy Spirit. We are covered by him because he is our father. Amen. And then he has placed a spirit inside of us. So now we live. Now we stand. And now we are an exceedingly great army. That's who we are, brothers and sisters. We have been called to places of dryness like this valley of dry bones. This, this people were lost, they were hopeless, and they felt like they were cut off. God wants to use your mouth to prophesy to someone, to give them word of knowledge, to say, hey, hey, God hasn't forgotten about you. God wants to bless you. You know, this theme for me at first was um, the move of God. We're going to encounter him and see miracles and things like that, which we did, and it did happen. But more than that, I think God's heart is, it's time to go out there. It's time to take this message to the people that are lost. It's time to be light in the midst of darkness, amen? And then when we come to service, we come to say, hey, man, I spoke to these people. I, I, I prayed for someone out in the street, and they got healed. I, I'm ready to pray for anyone here in service that needs it. I'm ready to just serve you, God. I'm ready to just give my all to you anywhere that I am at. When we come together as the body, man, great things happen. I feel like there's a shift that started this weekend for Grace and Love Church for, for you and I. And even if you don't go to this church, I feel like there's a shift that's coming to your life. Uh, maybe you came just this service, but it doesn't matter. I believe God is going to shift something in our hearts because now our, our hearts are going to be uh, like his. We're going to be compassionate for what he's compassionate for. 
We're going we're gonna to see the hurt people out there, the people that are weary, that are tired, that are sad and oppressed by Babylon. We're going to see them and our hearts are going to turn to them because we won't be able to ignore the work of the Holy Spirit inside of us, the breath that's in us. Amen. So why don't you stand up on your feet, brothers and sisters? Let's pray tonight. And let's just ask God to keep confirming what he's been saying already, that that when there's dry bones, we're not going to let them continue to be dry bones anymore. And if at any time you feel that way, just know that the Holy Spirit has a word for you, and he loves you, God loves you, and, and he wants to speak the word to your life so that you can move into your destiny. And I believe that. Oh, Father, I just thank you, God Almighty. I thank you, God, because, because you are good, Lord. Oh, God, you're, you've been moving since, since before, before time. Brothers and sisters, God has been moving. In the book of Genesis, it says that he was, the Holy Spirit was hovering. He was moving over the waters. And as he moved over the waters, he noticed, the Bible says, that the earth was without order and there was chaos. And that chaos, God brought order to. He brought life to. He brought the light. That movement has been moving ever since. And now we, you and I, are his movement. Why don't you close your eyes and let's just, let's just thank God that he's given us life. That he spoke the word and he united himself with us. And we have a deep connection with him now. And. And he covers us as a father and he put his breath inside of us so that we may live again, that we may stand and walk firmly like an exceedingly great army. And Lord, we thank you for that. We thank you for your word, God. We thank you for speaking to us, Lord. We know that you have amazing plans for us. And I bless every single person in this place, God. I bless every single person in this place, Lord. And I thank you for their life. Receive a blessing tonight. Receive it. Just know that that you have been called. That you have been called like Ezekiel. And God is saying, can these bones live again? And he would respond to you and say, prophesy to these bones. Prophesy to these bones.